This is the remix. Brian, if Aaron comes to you and says he, he wants to trade, are, are you going to be any more willing to trade him than you were last offseason, or are you still saying you're not trading him? Yeah, no, Matt, we're, those are kind of some hypotheticals. I don't think we're going to go down those roads right now. Do you see an avenue to retaining Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams? Again, hypotheticals, but yeah, I, I kind of think everything's open at this point. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man! I think, you know, just signing that, you know, separation agreement would have um, really silenced me. You just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. What was the last guy? What, separation agreement. Oh, was that Brian Flores? Oh, okay, that was Brian they Flores. They tried to get him to sign an NDA. Yes. Uh, separation agreement. <laughs> he did not sign it. I uh, wouldn't sign it either. Yeah. Um, well, you would for the right price. I mean, we were talking off the air about, like, for $15 million, would you stop watching the NBA? And I was like, you could probably cut a few zeros off that number, and I'd stop watching the uh, NFL. What would it take for you never to watch soccer again? All soccer? You could never watch soccer again. I get other sports? Yeah. million dollars. Oh, really? Probably even less than that, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. Like, that's, like, that's the great thing about the United States of America. And our sports, we have a lot of them. We're not another country where we only like yeah. right, have soccer's one your favorite. Yeah, soccer, basketball. But if you told me, yeah, no soccer, and I, yeah, I'd watch the NBA, Major League. I'd watch just all of our sports and be perfectly happy. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. Just if you just if you're just lopping off one sport for me, no doubt about it. Now, you ask me how much to not watch sports period ever again. What about the fifteen million dollar? I'm probably taking fifteen million to not watch sports ever again. I'll go watch some movies. <laughs> You'd have a lot to catch okay, up let me, on. You'd have like 30 years to I'll catch up I'll put it this on. way. I need enough money to like retire now, right? Well, 15 like, million would be, yeah. it'd be easy. Literally just put yeah. 5 million in the bank. Yeah, exactly. It's just like just the interest. Yeah. yeah, you just live off So like that's the answer to the question because if like I've tried to make my career sports, so that would be a problem if I couldn't watch sports trying to do sports radio. So if you gave me cool. enough money that I could just retire right now, that's the answer to me never watching any sports ever again. I think that all you do is you transition to politics and you just I, you do the exact same show that you would do with sports, except now you've got there's only how two will teams. I tell LeBron to shut up and dribble though? No, well, you tell uh, shut up and legislate. <laughs> Your debate could be all analytics. And you're debating some guys like 20 years older, and the guy's like, I have no idea what this guy's talking oh, about. Oh, we the they DVOA do, of like, uh, where's um, the analytics on like state senators or uh, senators and rep um, house representatives members? Like, well, this guy's bills, he gets them passed in 38.2 oh, yeah, days, yeah. he's killing it. Like, <laughs> oh, where's that at? I need those breakdowns. <laughs> you break down like he's taking money from this thing and then immediately passed a bill within X amount right? of time. Hit the cost to bribe him is very yes, good. That would be great. Where is that info? That info's got to be that. We got to start doing that in real in real politics coverage. I think fifteen. I don't know. I might do non sports for like ten million. Jared's right. Whatever you could put away and live off of, yeah. and then just go get whatever you want. Like you know, because you're going to spend some of it and buy buy some things. But if you just put five of ten million away and just lived off the interest, I mean, it'd be hard at first. Very important question. Do my horses and chickens count as sports? Um, oh, well. I mean, technically, horse racing is considered a sport yeah. in this country, You'd which is weird. For like ten million, come oh. on! Yeah, you offer us a hundred thousand dollars for all of them right now. We're taking it.
You heard that here first, folks. <laughs> if you would like to buy something that does not exist, all you got to do is offer Tyler $100,000. I got to go look. I think that's our estimated worth right for, now for all of our all of our NFTs that we own cuz we own like a couple other stupid things that have some value, but yeah, I think I think we're 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 our estimation is it, if we sold everything right now, it should be worth that. This is genuinely well, actually Ethereum and all cryptocurrency prices have plummeted in the last week so it might be left in thousand at the moment (laughs) for obvious reasons everything's plummeted in the last week (laughs) well didn't uh didn't what is it called open sea basically just get hacked uh well people got hacked by being idiots and clicking on links that they thought was coming from OpenSea. how many how many times have we in our well ed luckily doesn't have a company email but how many <laughs> how many emails have we got that literally you get an email that you're like oh that's obviously a scam and then like four hours later we get something from it that's like do not open this email <laughs> several members of sales have been hacked i officially deleted it finally yesterday yesterday it's good timing you figured out you got no, i figured out that every two seconds up it popped up on my screen that the password for radio email does not work i've tried to get a password around here it has not worked so i finally went into settings and said well we'll see you later i'll just go review journal. <laughs> no email don't even care about no, it anymore no, all right I'll that's fine i'll tell you any emails i get see if they're important <laughs> i, I will say i do tag that your your company email that you don't have a password for if i'm like ed doesn't really need to read this <laughs> we'll make other people think he's ready yes. yeah it's important it's a good it's a show of faith all right some not real Aaron Rodgers news, but maybe Aaron Rodgers news. Diana Rossini apparently reported this morning that Rodgers will be informing the Packers of his decision soon. Ooh. Um, the franchise tag window closes in March. Uh, that is something that Aaron Rodgers has mentioned a couple of times himself, that he is going to make a decision before that window closes. So if the Packers need to franchise tag Devontae Adams, they can do so. Um, but is this actually going to come soon? Like, are we actually going to get Aaron Rodgers making a decision, know. or are we just going to have reports and him saying, "Yeah, I'll do this soon." This guy with the with wanting to with wanting to get all the attention. I'm not so sure when it's going to come. I do know we'll learn about it on the Pat McAfee show <laughs> when he officially has something to say. We'll have to watch that show that particular day. Um, I mean, do you really put any stock in anything this guy says at this point in terms of? Not and really. here's the thing. Soon is Max Pacioretty on the horizon. You're right, exactly. Like, what, what does that mean? What is, soon could be like the day before training camp yeah. and he decides what he wants to do. The only thing I, I don't even know if I'd believe it, if he came out and said he was going to retire. Maybe I'd I believe would. that, but maybe even not. The, okay, I'll say this. The only thing I will believe with 100% certainty if he, if he comes out and says, I'm playing for the Packers next year. If he says that, I believe it. If he says he's retiring, I won't believe it until they actually play games and Aaron Rodgers isn't there because he might try to fake retire and then, Hey, I will want to come back, trade me and try to pull that move too. But mm. yeah, probably not believe him. Um, their GM, Brian Gutenkurs talked yesterday. Um, he said a couple of interesting things. One, they're not going to go down the road. You heard it a minute ago. They're not going to go down the road of fielding trade calls for Aaron Rodgers, which I mean, would imply that he thinks Aaron Rodgers is either coming back or retiring. retiring. One of the two. Um, he also said they're not going to take trade calls on Jordan Love. Huh? I mean, I if I were a U.S. football, what is it called? The U.S. Yeah, football, USFL football league? Yeah, I'd, 
I'd offer him a washer and dryer set for Jordan Love. I'm a little surprised. Paxton Lynch just got cut I by mean, the CFL. You're not taking calls on Aaron Rodgers and just seeing what the market would be? Someone calls up says, well, four first-rounders. You're not going to at least listen to that? The, you I mean, should don't, you, don't you at least pick up the phone? What was the report last week? Denver Broncos have been trying to call these guys for like a month. No one can't, will pick up the basically phone. can't get them on the phone. You don't want to listen? You could, it could be a two-second conversation, but what if someone right. completely says, oh, we'll give you the world for the guy? So, And that's the interesting part because I've, I've been telling you for a couple of months now, it doesn't make any sense for the Packers to trade him because they can win the Super Bowl next year. Yeah, they've got to cut some guys and restructure some contracts, but they got salary cap issues. But if they have Aaron Rodgers on the roster... They're a Super Bowl contender. Throwing away a year in which you're a Super Bowl contender would be stupid, which is what trading Aaron Rodgers would do. But you are right. You at least pick up the phone. Hello, John Elway. Oh, you're only offering one first-round pick? Goodbye, John Elway. And that's it. Now, hello, John Elway. You're offering us 10 first-round picks? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is yours. Exactly. Thank you very much. Like, you're right. You pick up the phone. You're Give them the Ricky up. Williams deal. Literally, no, no, no. You get three first-round picks, three second-round picks, three third-round picks. <laughs> you get our draft for the next three yeah. years. And you'd say, okay, thank you. Yes. you. Aaron Rodgers is yours now. We will figure it out from here with all these draft picks. But I would venture to guess most of the offers are not blow-you-away offers. I'd venture to guess most of them. Denver's calling up saying... We got a first round pick in this Patrick Sertain guy who we just drafted and was pretty good. Or we got a first round pick in Jerry Judy. Can we interest right. you in Jerry Judy? Like some decent value, but it's not enough for you to throw away a year in which you could win the Super Bowl, which is what the Packers would be doing if they traded Aaron Rodgers. I'm actually more interested in him saying he's not taking calls on Jordan Love. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I mean, the, the first part of this are people calling about Jordan Love. Does anybody well, want? Has on. anyone well, seen anything of Jordan? Love if anyone's calling, calling, they're not picking up. So how would <laughs> they, they know? Well, that's that's a good true. Point. If they're not that's picking up point. on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. They can't pick the up the phone. The voicemail is full. <laughs> so it's it's like, would you take a shot on Jordan Love? Because we're we're in a draft year where most people are saying this is this is a weak quarterback class, right? There's no true consensus number one quarterback, right? Somebody's going to end up going in the top 10, but somebody, there might not be a quarterback in the top five. The first quarterback taken might go at eight or nine or something like that. Like it's a weak quarterback class. Jordan love isn't a rookie because he's been in the league for two years, but he hasn't really played. You've seen a what the one start against Kansas city, Oof. but like it's, a, it's an interesting year where you might say, yeah, let's take a shot on the guy who hasn't played Give up the pick. You take him anyway, potentially. I, I mean, you know, he's not going to get a one, pick, but like you're giving a, if you, if, third round pick for Jordan love, right? Like you say, Hey, that's better value than drafting Malik Willis at nine overall or Matt Corral at 17 overall or whatever it is. Like it's an interesting year where you could make that argument where you could say, yeah, instead of taking a rookie, let's take a guy who's still kind of a rookie because he hasn't really played, but this class sucks. Let's do it with our third round pick. Like I could understand the logic. I I didn't think of that in terms of if you don't like anyone, right? If you're, if you're the saints right now and you're just like, all these quarterbacks suck. Right. Uh, we kind of like that Jordan Love guy coming out of college. Let's just send a third degree. Like that makes sense. But at the same time, if you're the Packers, are you giving up on Jordan Love for a third right now? That's where it'd be stupid. Well, especially if you don't know what Rodgers is going to do. Right. And how much do the Packers still believe in Jordan Love? Because they're obviously the ones that see him right. every day. They right. would have a better gauge of what they think he's going to be. Like if they still think he's going to be good, 
you're not trading him for a third round pick, no. right? Even if he's got to sit behind Aaron Rodgers for another year, you're not trading that guy for a third round pick if you still think he's going to be good. Now, somebody offered you a first. See you later, Jordan Love. But yeah, it's it's interesting because I don't know what the market would be for him, and I don't know what the Packers think about Jordan Love. But there's definitely some there's some reason behind why a Jordan Love trade would make sense for other teams who don't like the quarterback class that's coming out because you could you could easily talk yourself into Jordan Love over any of the guys that are coming yeah. out. Like that's I don't think that's too hard to do. And conceivably, you get them from cheaper than a first round pick. Yeah, it's good to go. They're not answering the phone on anybody. But that, yeah, that's a good point by Jared. You're right. People are calling about Jordan Love, and they don't even know. Like they're getting, like the Saints are calling, and they're like, "We're not trading you, Aaron Rodgers." And then they hang up. And they're like, "It's not about Aaron." Well, we want Jordan thing. Love. I mean, Josh McDaniels called, but he's calling about Devontae Adams. <laughs> he's not even calling about a quarterback. He's like, oh, "Sign and trade." The, Sign and trade. I don't want the Rodgers guy. I'm about to extend this other dude for forty million dollars. He just likes that receiver because they played in college together. I hope their voicemail is full. Yes, and nobody yes. can leave them a voicemail. Yes. It's just like please it, leave a vo- please leave a message at. They give the number, and then all of a sudden you hear this voicemail is full. Yes, that's what I'm hoping for. The Packers have a trade offer from every team in the league, and they just don't know it yet. It'd be great. All right, coming up next, it's Bischoff's briefs, and we figure out if playing at the Thomas and Mac actually helps UNLV. Bischoff's Briefs. Speaking as an extremely clever person, I feel a bit personally attacked by the concept of an evil genius. Anti-intellectualism is rife in the world today, encouraged no small amount by a media concerned that their advertisers' claims that their breakfast cereal induces hallucinogenic bliss in woodland creatures might not hold up to rigorous academic study. Bischoff's Briefs. Well, let's see how far your f- street smarts and common sense get you when you need someone to figure out how to turn a city-sized clod of oceanic waste plastic into drinkable water and hospital-grade insulin. Bischoff's Briefs. Just because I'm smarter than everyone else doesn't mean I look down on people. Someone has to make my sandwiches. Just because I can envision a vastly more efficient society with myself as absolute dictator doesn't mean I want to go to that amount of trouble. Just because I ordered the installation of an oubliette in my basement doesn't mean I have sinister intentions for it. Bischoff's Briefs. So stop asking questions and get your jackhammer out. It's about this time every year that we hear usually with Steve Fisher, now it's Brian Dutcher, complain about the Mountain West Tournament being in Las Vegas. Every single year it comes from San Diego State that they are not happy that UNLV gets to play the Mountain West Tournament. And they usually win it. In their home arena. And San Diego State (laughs) almost always beats UNLV in the Mountain West Tournament anyway. Uh, But they complain about it every year, um, nonstop. And once the the, the 4-5 matchup is getting pretty close to being settled, that it'll be San Diego State and UNLV, I'm sure we will hear it very, very soon. However, we are now hearing a lot this year because UNLV is playing well uh, over the last couple of weeks. We're hearing a lot of, oh, watch out for UNLV in the Mountain West Tournament. Feel a bid. They could go on a run there. And remember, it's It's played in their their home home building in the Thomas and Mac. So I went back and looked through all these Mountain West tournaments. 2007, the Mountain West Tournament moved back to Las Vegas. They tried it for a few years in Denver. They brought it back to Las Vegas in 2007. And yes, 2007 and 2008, UNLV won back-to-back Mountain West Tournament championships. First two years, they brought it back to Vegas. UNLV did, in fact, defend their home court and win the Mountain West Tournament championship. Since then... UNLV sucks in the Mountain West Tournament. They have been awful. Since that 2008 tournament championship, they have been back to the semifinals just one time. That was in 2010. 
They have not made it back to the finals. They have been to the semis just once, 2010. That is also the only time since 2008 that UNLV has won more than a single game at the Mountain West Tournament. So keep that in mind because we bring it up a lot. you got to win three games in three days to win the Mountain West Tournament. UNLV hasn't won two games in two days since 2010, let alone three in three days, which is what they're going to have to do this year. It's been a decade since UNLV has won multiple games in the same conference tournament even though all of those games have been played in their home building at the Thomas and Mac. But here's the real stat for you. So I went back uh, using Ken Palm projections, right? Because they project who wins the games before they're actually played. Using Ken Palm projections over the last 10 Mountain West tournaments, which have all been played at the Thomas and Mac, UNLV has lost in the Mountain West tournament four times as a favorite. So four times they've gone into a game where Ken Palm says UNLV is supposed to win and lost in the Mountain West Tournament over the last decade. That same time period, how many wins do you think they have as an underdog? Over the last 10 years? Over the last 10 years. One? Zero. Okay. UNLV has not upset a single team in the Mountain West Tournament, according to Ken Palm projections, in a decade. The last time they did it was when they beat BYU in 2010 to go to the semifinal, or excuse me, uh, yeah, to beat BYU in 2010. That's it. That is, they they have not upset anybody in a decade, despite the games being played in their home arena. What are you saying? If there was some (laughs) big boost for UNLV playing at home, they would have some upset wins on their resume, but they do not. They lose more often as a favorite than they win as an underdog in the Mountain West Tournament. That's the, that's the end of the story, right? That's it for UNLV. They do not pull off upsets in the Mountain West Tournament, and they get upset more often than not. So the next time you hear someone talking about UNLV, they're going to steal a bid in the Mountain West Tournament, and it's played on their home gym, doesn't matter. They might steal a bid. This team is, is playing very well. They might actually steal a bid, but it's not going to be because no. the game is played at Thomas and Mack. We have... They do. They bring in their own floor. New floor. They hide the they, banners. They, they hide the banners. They, 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 how it's configured configured with the media, totally different lines in terms of silence. I mean, it's it's yes, it's, I guess, convenient that they can come to the arena from their homes or wherever, and I don't even know what they do to the locker rooms. I don't know if the higher seed gets a better locker room. I have no idea what they do there. I think that would be silly. I just would allow I them. believe UNLV doesn't use their home locker room. No okay. matter what. So they don't even use their home locker. I think I'll have to double check okay. that, but I think that's been the case. It's it's absolutely a silly argument. Not only mostly for the numbers you just gave, because they never win it, but other things, if you if you're at the Mountain West tournament, it is completely different than if you're at a real yes. UNLV game. So yes. that's just literally it's in the city they play in. After that, I don't see I don't see advantages. Right. And you just gave reasons why there's not advantage. They haven't been any good. No, they haven't. And that and that's been the biggest issue. It's not because like the reason UNLV hasn't won games in the Mountain West tournament is because they haven't been very good right. for the last decade. They, you know, the very beginning of the decade, they went to the NCAA tournament a couple of years in a row. But at, since then, they have not had a good team, right? They haven't put together, they've had more uh, teams go under 500 than over 500 in conference play. Like, it, it's just, they're just simply not good. And so bad teams aren't going to win games, regardless of where they're actually right. played at. And especially when it's, New court, everything is like it's not like it's a home game for UNLV. They you don't even walk in. It's the crowd's not even always fully right. behind UNLV for some of these games. When they play an Air Force at twelve thirty one day, like uh, there's not that many people there. Which that, by the way, another stat 
that I thought was, well, actually kind of sad, but fun. UNLV has not beaten a team not named Air Force in the Mountain West Tournament since 2015. Over the last six Mountain West Tournaments, the only opponent UNLV has beaten is named Air Force. Is Air Force. They have not beaten anybody else in the Mountain West Tournament but Air Force. 2016, they beat Air Force, lost to Fresno State. 2017, lost to San Diego State. 2018, beat Air Force, lost to Nevada. 2019, lost to San Diego State. 2020, lost to Boise State. 2021, beat Air Force, lost to Utah State. They only beat Air Force. (laughs) So maybe I should rephrase this as, unless it's Air Force, UNLV has no advantage at the Mountain West Tournament. If it's Air Force, sorry, Air Force, you're getting screwed. But that also means, what is that? One, two, three times in the last six years, they have eliminated Air Force from the Mountain (laughs) West Tournament. You know why? It shouldn't be San Diego State whining about it. It should be Joe it Scott. Should be. Air Joe Force Scott should be, be like, like, wait a minute. They're playing on their home court. They always beat us on their home court. Bring it back to Denver. Yeah, exactly, where they have some fans. Oh, poor Air Force. Always losing to UNLV. I went to uh, two tournaments at the Pepsi Center, and it was. I know what they were trying to do with the neutral, but there was no atmosphere. Right, and that's... I mean, there was right. nobody there. That's the issue, is you're not getting any sort of... no. Uh, revenue coming in from no. people attending the event and putting it in Vegas. It's generally oh, yeah. pretty it's, good. It's I pretty, mean, it's pretty crowded. It would be very beneficial if UNLV was good to get more people in the building. That yeah. would help. Uh, losing, well, losing BYU hurt quite a bit. They Boise and kind of went out there. You're going to get more people in there. What is the crowd like if they go to the Mountain West Championship game? Who they're playing? Somebody could. They'll have beaten San Diego State and Boise State on the way, and they're Let's playing. Say they play in Wyoming. They're playing Wyoming and or Wyoming Colorado travels State. pretty yeah. well. Uh, Ten thousand. Okay, pretty good. I think. I think because right now they're getting what they're announcing six at their yeah, home they're games. Roughly around six. They're announcing six. Um, yeah, ten thousand. Wyoming travels well, and Wyoming's good this year, so they will bring a lot of people. Um, yeah, I, I think you go ten thousand in there, and ten thousand in there is pretty loud. Actually, am I too optimistic to think it should be more? I don't think it's too optimistic. I don't know how realistic. Saturday, three thirty, UNLV's playing to go to conference the championship game that would put them in the NCAA tournament. And in all seriousness, like they wouldn't be a fourteen seed if UNLV continues to play if UNLV well and plays this well, they'd be twelve. They'd be they'd be right. They would be the like highest ranked team, the highest seeded team that's not in the play in. Right, like they put the the, right. the final at right. large teams go to the right. play in as like eleven or twelve seeds. Eleven or twelve. UNLV seeds, would be like seeds. the the worst twelve or the best thirteen right. is probably where they would end up. So it would be like you'd have you, and you, again you have a chance to win if you're a twelve seed, right? Like we see that all sure, the time. 12, five. Thirteen seeds yeah. are starting to win uh, more frequently too. So that like yeah, you go to the NCAA tournament and it's not just a pity. Hey, you're the fifteen seed who went on a fun run for a week. Like you, legitimately decent team. I don't know. I'd like to think it'd be more than 10,000. I'd like to think there'd be 10,000 UNLV fans there, plus well, whatever Wyoming would bring. As Mike Ramallah said, they need 5,000 more of the lunatic who was sitting in, next in, <laughs> in front of us at the last game, screaming at David Roddy in a 20-point game. Like, okay, pal, the game's over. You won. And Mike's like, no, no, no. They need 5,000 more of these guys. And you're like, yeah, you're right. All right, coming up next, J.R. Starkus joins the show. Ready for the weekend? Let's find out what's on tap. We can provide you with a wine tasting tour of Tuscany. We cannot change why you drink. It's Thirsty Thursday with J.R. Starkus. Who needs a drink? So we drink and we drink and we drink. Here he is. Extreme Exalt. He loves that title. 
Keith County Executive Center of Spears, Nevada. <laughs> Follow him on Twitter at JR Starkus, also at JR Makes Drinks on Instagram. I want to know, uh, I'm going to bring you and Tyler into discussion here because I think I made out your previous tweet. You hate the shift in baseball. Tyler, do you hate it or do you love it? Well, how can you hate the shift? Well, no, I, 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 I don't hate the shift. Well, what you put on I, there something about kids and, and adults and playing the game yeah. the right way? What was that about? Uh, no, I, I hate the fact that you have, in that quote from Joey Gallo, was we got to get rid of the shift because how am I supposed to hit the ball through six infielders on the right side? And I'm like, figure it out. Hit Play, to the left. Out, hit, hit, hit to the other side of the field. Like, stop trying to yank everything over the fence. You know, so I, I watched, all I did this last weekend was watch college baseball. And I'm sorry. It, 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 no, it's, it's phenomenal. It's the best <laughs> thing that I tell. And so, and I loved it because, like, ping. Well, the what? The, you know, there's that, but I, there's just there's just so much energy in the game. You know, they actually hustle out a ball. You know, that kind of stuff. Versus, you know, I get it when you're being paid, you know, uh, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, they don't want you to pull a muscle. You know, hustling out a ball that, you know, you're inevitably going to get out at right. first. But, but the thing that I watch, and I even told my son, um, it, it, you know, I looked at him and I said because he he bats for his team, he'll, he'll bat third in the lineup. And I told him, I said, dude, you better learn how to bunt. No. Like, you better, you, yes. Thank you. Thank you, JR. Yes. You better. You be, No, because and the reason I say that is because I watched these college teams and I've watched more than one three-hole hitter lay down a bunt successfully because, to, to, and get on base and move a runner over at the same time, right? And that's, that's the thing that, that all up until college we teach these kids – to be, uh, you know, have all of these tools in their belt. You know how to bunt. Learn how to bunt to the left side, the right side. If you there's a hit and run, hit the ball to the right side. If there's a runner on third with less than two outs, get a ball in the air deep enough for the runner to score. Like all of these things that seem to just go away at the pros because it's either strikeout or home run. Um, I, I like, I love baseball, and I and I'm not saying I won't watch baseball. Um, well, I might not have a choice this year, but I. <laughs> <laughs> but but with that being said, like the college game is so much more exciting because they like if the three hole guy is laying down a bunt when the third baseman is playing back on the dirt and just can leg out a single easy no problem. Um, that that to me is awesome because guess what the four hole hitter will hit a home run too, and so will the five hole hitter, so will the six hole hitter. It's the same thing in the pros, and I just don't understand why when there's six guys on the right side of the field and literally there's nobody on the left side of second base that a, a player like Joey Gallo can't just say, all right, I'll take, I'll slap one down and I'll take my easy single or even potentially a double because there may not even be a left fielder on that side of the field. All right. I'm giving you $20 million, 20 million. You mm-hmm. can never watch sports again, including your kid playing baseball. Mm. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. The long pause, 20 million, $20 million. And let's say he goes on and plays in college like he he's, he goes on and play at higher levels. Like let's say that that's true. Give him a violin. Teach. Give him another hobby. <laughs> give the kid Just a violin. Jr. Jr. Did in the middle of there in the middle of like Mozart going. Come on. Up <laughs> <laughs> on his scaffolding. Uh, his scaffolding. I mean, obviously, obviously, twenty million dollars is very tempting. And I, I honestly, I don't have an answer for you right now. I'd have to think about it. Like I enjoy watching my son play, and and I like sports so much, but. Um, man, that's, that's, believe it or not, that's harder than you think. I mean, it's easy to think for all the listeners out there that you're like, of course you take the 20 million. Not saying I wouldn't, 
I, I really have to sit down and think about it, though. Like, that's that's a well, tough one for me because I really enjoy watching him play. You wouldn't think long when you told your kid because your kid would say, give me the $20 because I'm inheriting <laughs> and I don't want you to ever watch me play again. The kid would have no problem getting the $20 million. <laughs> Yeah, he'd be like, Dad, can I get a new glove? I'd be like, no. <laughs> no, you don't need that yet. Uh, JR, okay. I need you to confirm a video I saw on TikTok. Um, so I got to set this oh. up first. It's a It's a stirring stick, you know? You know what I'm talking about? But it's spiraled. The handle is spiraled on this. You got, you got, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, a stirring stick. So are you talking about a bar spoon? Yeah, I, I for, are we sure. talking about for drinks? Yeah, yeah. For yes, this is for yeah. alcohol. That's why I'm asking you. Um, so, okay. but yeah, but it's okay. a spiral handle. And on TikTok, okay. what they told me, and they showed it. I don't know if it's real or not. Is that if it's a, got a spiral handle, you can pour a carbonated drink, and it'll go straight down the spiral into the drink. It won't like spill anywhere. Uh, well, yes, you still have to be careful with it. You can't just like well, yes. the, the thing over and dump it. Yes, but yes, it's correct. Okay, why? Why and, does and, and, why does carbonated all, drinks go down a spiral? Uh, I, I I don't know some weird chem some weird uh, okay. physics thing. I have no idea. Uh, but it, it, you know it does work. You still have to be kind of careful with it. Obviously, you can't just dump the thing over. It's also that technique is also used often to float. Like if you have something that is 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 float on top of a beverage. Um, that technique is also used for floating or what you'll see sometimes is people will turn a bar spoon over and use the back side of a bar spoon and gently pour over the back side of the bar spoon. And as it kind of disperses over that back side, it will layer itself on top of the beverage. Well, we got four minutes. What do you have for us? <laughs> you talk too much about go. bunting. Yeah. Hey, bunting is good. It is good, especially when you're pre- you're bat- you make a lot of money batting someday at 500 if you bunt it half the time. But uh, anyway, uh, so I wanted to do a variation of a Moscow Mule today. Um, the joke, you know, this is kind of a fun drink. People drink it all the time. And as we are in our, firmly in our second winter phase here in Las Vegas, uh, because we were fooled with spring last week and now it is winter again, um, I wanted to do this drink that is incorporating the Grey Goose Essences watermelon and basil vodka. Um, I've used the other two Grey Goose essences uh, previously. One of them is peach and rosemary. One of them is strawberry and lemongrass. The third installment today, watermelon and basil. Uh, Easy way of using fresh ingredients and making a variation of a Moscow mule. So we're going to take some fresh basil, uh, like like three leaves of fresh basil, and we're going to give it a quick little muddle into a mixing tin. Uh, not going to muddle too hard. If you over-muddle basil, it will quickly become bitter in the drink. So a couple presses just to open it up. Uh, We're going to add half of an ounce of lime juice. We're going to add one ounce of Cointreau. Uh, Cointreau is 80 proof, and and there is some sweetness to it as well. We don't need any, quote-unquote, simple syrup in this drink because – the sweetness that is in the Cointreau will offset the half of an ounce of lime juice. It is a, it is a foolproof thing, though, so 80-proof spirit. So one ounce of Cointreau, one and a half ounces of Grey Goose Essences watermelon and basil uh, vodka. Uh, then at that, what we're going to do is we're going to take all these ingredients, add ice, and shake. When, the, when we shake with ice, it will also help to extract some of those basil essences from the from from the fresh basil, we're going to strain over fresh ice. Now, I am um, I, I used in, in my picture that I posted on Twitter, and that I'll I'll post on the Instagram here shortly. I, I'm using a, a, a large, perfectly clear cube of ice from um, my friends at a, a company called Fat Ice, which is a local company here that makes 
um, you know, large cubes or spheres uh, of ice, and, and they gifted me some, and I wanted to use it in the strength because it looks beautiful. Um, if you don't have that, of course, uh, more access to those types of things, you can use the ice in your refrigerator or your freezer. But we're going to take all those ingredients. We're going to strain it over the fresh ice. I'm going to double strain it, though, because I don't want you when, you, when you shake basil or mint in a drink, it will tend to break up, obviously, and I don't want any basil particulates in my beverage getting stuck in my tea. So I'm going to double strain it using a tea strainer. And then I'm just going to top it off with a little bit, like two to three ounces of Fever Tree ginger beer. Garnish it with a piece of basil, and you have a really easy, refreshing variation of a Moscow Mule uh, incorporating basil and watermelon. It's kind of a magical pairing. What is the bunt of this drink? Is it the basil? <laughs> the bunt of this drink? <laughs> yeah. What is, 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 uh, the bunt of this drink is, is uh, I would say, is lime juice. Um, yeah, lime juice. If you if you bunted on this, uh, you would not use fresh lime juice. Okay, all right. I don't know if that's a. I don't know. If this is a bad. That's a bad analogy. I mean, okay. What <laughs> what is what is the ingredient in this drink that is underused but you think is critical and should be used <laughs> oh. more often? Oh, the basil. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, no, no, uh, no. I would say Cointreau. Okay. Right. I would say Cointreau because people think that it can only be used in a margarita as a uh, as a modifier for a margarita, and there are thousands and thousands of applications for Cointreau. Yeah, well, the bunch yeah. should only be used when a pitcher hits, which yes, there you go. Which hopefully we'll have not have that anymore. Yes, uh, that too. Next year. No bunting ever. Okay, whoa, whoa, you just lost me. No. The pitcher needs to hit, no, and bunting no, is awful. good. That's awful. Jared, Jared's terrible. Yeah. If a pitcher is going to hit, I don't understand why a pitcher isn't in the batting cage on all of their time off learning how to hit. That's awful. No, that's that's what I'm saying is (laughs) the pitcher needs to, A, learn how to hit. It's part of your job. Yeah, yes, it's definitely part of your job. If I was only doing half of my job, I would uh, not be doing my job anymore. Bless your kid about the 20 million. He'll tell you never (laughs) to watch him again for as long as you live. On Instagram. I will ask. ask. At J- yeah, I'm gonna probably say a million. What do you mean twenty? Instagram at JR Mixed Drinks. Follow him on Twitter at JR Starkus. He's our elite mixologist. Every Thursday, listen in. He'll tell you what to drink. Thanks, buddy. You got it, guys. Talk to you next Sweet. week. Talk to you next week. Yeah, twenty million. Ned- that kid would say like five million if he knows he's inheriting most of it. Be like, Dad, you don't need to watch me. I'll just let you know how the game went. Ned Yost taught us you can win a World Shut Series up, by Shut bunting. Up about Ned Yost. <laughs> Ed, go- how many World Series rings have you won, Tyler, go- with your no bunting? Going back in time, Ed. Are you taking that money when your kids are playing sports growing yeah. up? Twenty million. All right. Do you I, know who I'm married to? I just asking. I can't <laughs> click on Amazon for a hundred ninety-five dollar pack uh, backpack. You think she's not taking twenty million? Are you kidding oh. me? No, there would have been no softball coaching. There would have been nothing. I, I wouldn't have known anything. Nothing. I, for twenty million. What, what are sports? For twenty million dollars, nothing. Okay. Well, let's find what is something. All right. Outside of sports, what is something that for twenty million dollars you're like, yeah, I'll never do that again. Like. You can't wear shoes. Oh, oh, that's, oh, that's a tough a good, one. That's a really tough you one. You have to wear shorts 100% of the time. No I, matter, I could, get away I could with do that. that. I would do that. No matter the weather? Yeah, just... Well, can we still live in Vegas? I've got a lot of money. I can live wherever I want. Right. Yeah, I can do that. No shoes is... That's That's tough. really tough. No can we shoes have socks? the rest of your life. Yeah, no, you can... You no can, socks? You, you can have socks, okay. but can you can't have those. those you, they can't I, have grip on them. Oh, cause can I wear those oh. weird things my toes stick into? Like toe socks? <laughs> no, no, like they're kind of, they're not shoes. They're halfway in between socks and shoes. Oh, those things that... Like the sandals that you can you can put your toes in Yeah, the no, the, yeah. well, there's those running shoes that it's uh, that people who like 
oh, I run six miles a day. They're like, these are the best shoes ever because right. they've got individual toes on them. And it's like, yeah, you still look like a dumbass, though. Shoes are tough, but I think I'd have to take the $20 million. I'd figure out a way. $20 million? Can I take $5 million and invent something better than shoes? <laughs> Well, but just think about it. You will no longer be allowed to go into any McDonald's. Right. Yeah. You drive through for everything. Yeah. Hell, even driving with feet without shoes would be weird. I do that sometimes. You do? Sure. If I have sandals on because I I drive a a, a manual, you can't figure out, like, you can't feel things. So you're just like, yeah, screw it. I don't think shoes makes me a better driver anyway. Well, you got a long way to go for that. All right. We got tickets to the Mountain West. Tournament. We got tickets for the men's semifinals on Friday, March 31st. A four pack, 702 364 1100. That is the phone number, 702 364 1100. You will win four tickets to go out to the Mountain West men's basketball tournament for the semifinals. We will take caller number 11 at 702 364 1100. Punkle turns the corner, drives right, step back, jumper up and short. Rebound chased down by Reeves. With one overtime. second left, and he can't get a shot off. And we go to overtime for a third straight game, tied at 70. Free throws in the air, and it is no good. Rebound taken by Paul Scruggs. Five seconds to go. Scruggs crosses the timeline. He's a three, rises up, shoots it, and hits it. Ten seconds left. Providence is going to survive this. And Drew Fox handles the ball. <laughs> and the Friars miraculously continue with an unbelievable night inside the Dunkin Donut Center and they beat Xavier 99 to 92 in triple overtime you're locked in the press box that was Providence and Xavier going to triple overtime uh, also in that game a 16 minute delay because the roof was leaking and there was water on the floor okay so the one of the reasons I wanted to play that was genuinely, did radio just come to Rhode Island, or is there, like, some sort of issue with radio in Rhode Island? I get it, it's a small state, but you would think it's, like, fix, don't sound awful. And their Providence is good, too. They're really good. They're going to win win the Big East. Yeah, yeah. But no, Jared, you can't have good audio quality of Providence beating Xavier. In triple overtime. Genuinely, it's confusing to me that the Los Angeles Rams and Providence have the same issues where... Might be the same person. Like, well, what if I turn the gain all the way up? That'll make it sound louder. Yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll fix the problem. <laughs> triple overtime game. By the way, um, water leaking through the roof. What are we doing with this building here? <laughs> I've been in that building. It was old then. Was the water leaking through no, the roof? No, it wasn't. I don't, I don't remember. Was being the floor kind of wavy? Yeah, I don't remember it being that way. I just remember the game, but uh, it was. It seemed to me old then, so it's getting older. We had a 16-minute delay because, like you, I was kind of looking forward to watching Colorado yeah. State Wyoming, and I flipped to CBS Sports Network right around the time Colorado Wyoming or Colorado State Wyoming was going to tip off, and I see the players for Providence and Xavier stretching. Yeah, on the floor, and I'm like wrong game what's happening here and then it's like oh there's still four minutes left in this one we've had a delay for 16 minutes because the roof is leaking what a disaster were they talking about at one point i tuned into that to go to colorado state about emptying the arena 
Were they? I don't know. I think I, they were talking about like let's empty the arena, which I don't know why what would that would have done because the was it raining the, on people in the arena? I mean, yeah, it's 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 the it's the court that matters. Yeah, if you get wet in the stands, then you know leave if you want. Bring an umbrella to an indoor basketball game because the roof is going to leak. Man, <laughs> that's what that's what uh, we'll hear next. UNLV has an advantage unless the roof leaks. Then they would have I mean, any advantage. Has Thomas and Mac ever had that issue? Because Thomas and Mac is not young. No. They it's renovated the, it, but I don't know if they renovated the roof. The roof. It doesn't I rain I think they here. just did the concourse. It doesn't rain here, so. No. It snowed yesterday. Yeah, it doesn't count. I guess if we got enough rain, it probably would leak in the time. It, probably everybody would leak or something like that. <laughs> but then would they? could they just move to Cox? I is mean, that I feasible? Mean, I just mean, walk guys over during the middle feasible? of a game? Like, in all seriousness, if it was just, like, sure. water on the floor. I mean, I don't think they take the fans with them. Yeah, but is it feasible that you could move a game to sure. Cox? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I, mean, I feel like they wouldn't do it. Tell them to walk up the steps across the concourse and go ahead and play the rest of the game. I feel I, like they wouldn't do it. I would. Oh, I don't know if they wouldn't. Yeah. I don't know if they would. I think they could if push came to shove and there's enough water on the floor. I would definitely say, though, if one of those two places are leaking cox is definitely getting water coming through it <laughs> there's a freight elevator that's just literally like where the players come out of. yeah that's where the volleyball team and basketball team have to use to go to their locker room it's genuinely like why yeah that's great my favorite thomas and mac uh, malfunction was when the shot clocks didn't work and they had to put the shot clocks on the floor in the corner and then the pa guy dick calvert had to be Ten. Nine. Yeah, had to count down from five is great. One thousand five hundred and sixty-five.